Good evening, and thank you for being here. Before I start my sermon, you have these. If you didn't receive this tonight, just raise your hand. The ushers will give it to you right now. I'll cover this in my sermon, but why I'm asking that is because if I didn't, you may want to copy all those things, and we're moving too fast. So this way you'll have it, and you don't have to copy it. Thank you for that. So tonight we're going to be talking about continuing with understanding what it is to be a Christian we're going to look tonight at responsiveness to the Word of God. How do you respond to God's Word? In James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, we have these verses. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Say that part with me. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like a, a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. So there's gates. There are gates into our mind that allow information to be recorded and to reach your brain. And you are receptive to data through your eyes, your ears, and your taste. Think for a minute about everything that you hear in a day. From conversations, to the radio, to the internet, just everything that you hear in one day. How much of that influences your thinking? The will to choose to obey lies in your heart. So there must be a connection between the ear, the brain, and the heart. The heart knows what it wants. The brain makes a decision. And that's why the demonic forces want to abide in your brain, because that's the control center. That is where the determinations are, where you're going to go or what you're going to do. In your heart are your emotions, how you feel about what you do. But the heart and the brain need to be connected, and I'll explain. So there must be a connection between the ear, the brain, and the heart. When we read the Word of God, we should listen, and we should make a decision to obey. So how do we often approach God's Word? Are we listening to God? And how we listen to God, people say, God spoke to me, I say, how? I want to know how. Because God does not speak to us in the same way you and I speak to each other. God does not speak to us in an audible voice. When people tell me, but the Lord told me to do that, I say, what verse? If God is going to speak to us, it's going to be through his word. So if you come to me and say, Pastor, I feel God told me to do this, and I tell you, it doesn't agree with God's word, then that's not from God. And some people will actually fight, but God told me, well, why would God go against his own word? The word never changes. So if you say, I received a word from the Lord, it has to be from God's word. Let's give God a hand of praise. So how do we approach God's word? Do we just listen when it's convenient? Do we just listen when we have the energy, or do we just listen when we want to? 
When God's word tells us something that we don't want to hear, that we don't want to believe, then we somehow train ourselves to sleepwalk through it as if God never said it, or as if he wasn't really talking to us, that wasn't for me. In reality, the problem is that we don't like to hear God talk about our sinful lifestyle. We don't like to hear about a holy God who punishes sins. So many people don't listen to the word of God. They go to places that talk about how special they are and how important they are. The news, music, movies, and conversation are all pouring data into the area of your mind where decisions are made. So when you need to make a decision, you will call up the information that you have stored in your mind. So where are you getting your information? If you're getting it from homeboy or girlfriend, if you're getting it from uh, sitting in the park or in the still of the night, that is not gonna bless you at all. Your information, like who do I marry? Should I hire this person in business? Uh, should I spend this amount of money? Should I move to another town? Should I buy this? That comes from God's word. God will answer you, but if you're listening to something other than God, if you're going to a fortune teller, if you're reading your horoscope, trust me, things are not going to go well for you. Because if God, God himself wants to talk to you, I would suggest you start listening. Many of you, if you're walking up to that girl's house that you just met, and you're going up into her apartment, and God, the Holy Spirit's already telling you, don't do that. Don't go up there. And you disobey him, well, then whatever happens, you cannot blame him. So one of the six evidence, or all of the six evidences of salvation, this is on the paper that I gave you. One is that you would have a new love for Scripture. A new love for scripture. You're going to want to read God's word. You're going to want to be in the word of God daily. I'm sorry, did I say daily? I meant to say daily. You're going to want to. Thank you for that one amen over here on this side. <laughs> what happened to the rest of you? Well, there's no excuse for us living in America if we don't read the word of God because you have it on, well, a long time ago it used to be on uh, cassette, then on CD. Now you have it on your iPad. You have it on your computer. You have it on your telephone if you put Bible software on there. So there's no excuse for us not reading the Word of God. But if you say, I want to know if I'm a Christian, every person wants to believe God's Word. You're going to have a new awareness of right and wrong. Like, that used to be okay for me, but now I don't feel good doing it. You're going to have a new desire to be like Jesus, but you won't know how to be that way if you don't read the word. You're going to have a new social pressure from those convicted by your changed life. Family will say, I'll give you a month and you're going to leave the church. You're not going to stick this out. How many know what I'm talking about? See? You're going to have a new desire to proclaim Christ, to witness to others, and you're going to have a new love for other Christians. But... I want you to look at this now, how to be sure that you are a Christian. Number one, Satan's lie is man is basically good. Come on, you don't need to get saved. You're a good person. But God's truth says every person is a sinner by birth and by choice. And that's in Romans 3, 10 and 23. For all have sinned 
and fallen short of the glory of God. That's everybody. My abuelita, my grandma, yes, her too. All of us are sinners. Satan says, well, the good Lord, he overlooks your faults. But the Bible says the penalty of sin is eternal separation from God. Romans 6, 23. Satan says, well, you know what? If you try to do right, God's surely going to let you get into heaven. That is a lie. No man can achieve the perfection what God requires to enter heaven. Because Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace are you saved, and that through faith. It is not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. So our salvation comes from God, but you must receive it. A lie of Satan is, well, you know what? And people will tell you this. Well, the pain that you're going through on earth, that's God's only judgment for sin. That's a lie. God demonstrated his love for us by sending his son to pay the eternal penalty for our sin. Satan's lie is, well, we need to have faith in ourselves. The Bible says you need only believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior for salvation. See there? So you can see the difference between, we've heard these lies and we've just never considered. Those are actually lies of Satan, yeah. Those are his stories that he tells you so you won't want to receive Christ. How about this one? Well, you know what, Pastor Mike? I've always been a Christian. Only when we put our faith in Christ do we become a genuine child of God. Some people say, well, uh, my dad and mom were Christians, and I was, I've been going to church since I was a baby, so I'm saved. That doesn't make you a Christian. Someone once said, well, I go to church. Doesn't that mean I'm saved? Well, just because you live in a garage, that doesn't make you a car either. And then when Satan says, you know what, you really can't be sure of heaven, the Bible says we can know now that we have eternal life. So I knew you couldn't write all that real fast, and I gave them to you because I want you to have them to understand and to ask yourself, am I really a child of God? Well, if I am, then going back to what I read, I should fall in love with the Word of God. I should have an awareness of right and wrong. What was not wrong before when you become a Christian, guess what? How come I don't feel good when I do that now? In James 1.22 the Bible says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Do what the word says. Obey the word of God. Obey it. Well, I don't think that part's for me. It's for you. It's for me. It's for you. It's for all of us. You cannot pick the verses you want. You cannot take out all the other ones. Well, this is beneficial to us because the answers that we're looking for are right here in the Word of God. This is what you need to make it in this life, right here. And someone says, well, those are just letters on a page. That's just ink on a page. Mm -mm. This is the Word of God. It's alive. So what you should do, and Pastor Ken said it, I think it was this past weekend, that you should not read the Word, you should let the Word read you. You see... It wasn't Peter who denied Christ three times. It was Pastor Mike. It wasn't Judas who gave him his kiss of being a traitor and turned him in so the Pharisees could punish him. It was me, because there I go, but for the grace of God. 
So when you read the word of God, you don't dissect it and say, well, it's good that that happened to him because it's describing what we're really like. If you will not obey the word of God, you're merely wandering through this life and you will be miserable when you could have peace and you could have joy. And how many want peace and joy? Give them a hand. So I say, why be miserable? Why be miserable? You weren't created to be miserable because when you're miserable, then you get mad at God. And God what did I do? It's you, you disobeyed me. And if I'm not mistaken, I can ask you this. How many when you do wrong, you already know you're about to do wrong? Look around you, because some people didn't raise their hand. They were looking to see who else was raising their hand. <laughs> All of us. God does not yell. God whispers. He tells you, don't do that. Don't do that. So I don't want to become a Christian because then I can't have any fun. Well, you look miserable now. I don't think you're having fun. <laughs> well, when this church, when people receive Christ, we don't tell them to quit drinking, to quit smoking, to quit cussing. That's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. So some of us like to clean people up before we get them saved. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to love them, not judge them. And it's up to, thank you. It's really up to God to clean them up. And you'll ask them, man, you used to be the biggest dealer in San Jose. What happened? God just told me one day that's enough, and I quit. Man, every time we talked to you, there was cuss words coming out. God told me to stop, and I just stopped. And that's what happens when you read the word of God. God cleans you up. That's not our job. If I saw you smoking, I'll blow the smoke away, but I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to judge you. One time coming to church right here on the corner waiting to turn into the, the property of the church, one of my uh, people that was involved in my ministry, I don't, I don't know why he did it, but he was parked right there at the intersection. I was ready to turn. He was next to me. And so I just turned to see, you know, who it was. Maybe I could wave hi. He had just lit up a joint. And then he turned to look at me just as he was going... And then he saw it was me, and he didn't want to blow it out. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. <laughs> I said, hey, God bless you. I'm going to church. <laughs> Listen to this quote. Misery is doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. So if you're not obeying God's word, and you're still trying to do it your way, and you find out you're miserable... Misery is doing the same things the same way and expecting results. They actually give that as a, uh, a definition of insanity. You know you have to change. And I know right now, God's Holy Spirit is communicating to you where he wants you to change in your life. He's already told you, I don't have to do that. So some people say, well, man, thank God Pastor Mike didn't listen or list my sin. I don't want to do that. That's up to him. And he will tell you. Romans Chapter 2, verse 13 says, merely hearing God's law is a waste of your time if you don't do what he commands. Do all of you see that? They left? 
Do all of you see that? Thank you. Doing, not hearing, is what makes the difference with God. Doing, obeying it, not just hearing it, not just coming to church and not changing. Your life, your situation, your health, your finances, your peace, all can improve if you obey what you have heard. This is how you become aware of the reality of God. This is how you know he lives inside of you. Obedience to God is all that's required. One person said to me, Pastor Mike, you've been preaching some good sermons. I go, well, thank you. He says, man, and every time I'm about to sin, I see your face. I go, it's not my face you need to see. I am not God. He is God. You need to see his face. But I've told you before, if you're not obeying him and you die and you wind up in hell, you will never see God. Never. If you are a child of God and you're obeying him when you die, the Bible says, and we know we shall be like him for we shall see him face to face. You will actually see God. You will see him. James chapter 1, verse 23 through 24. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says, say that part with me. Does not do what it says. Say it again. Thank you. Anyone who listens to the word of God but does not do what it says is like a man, it didn't say woman, but like a man who looks at his face in a mirror. When you're reading the word of God, you're looking in a mirror. You're seeing where God wants you to change. You're seeing the flaws. Now, a woman, if she sees a flaw, she'll get out the tweezers and she'll start plucking. Guys do this. <laughs> when women see themselves in the mirror, they'll stay there so that everything's right. And this is why God uses the word man here. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So if you're reading the word of God and you're not changing, not doing what it says, you're like that man. You might as well take down the mirror. You might as well not read the Bible. And Christians, we have Bibles Everywhere. We have Bibles in our car that are on the floor of our car. We have Bibles in our bedroom, Bibles in our living room. America is not running short on Bibles. America is running short on reading the Bible. We need to read God's Word. Come on. Church, how many of you have heard me preach before? Then you know what I'm going to say. Don't patty cake. I don't play golf. If you're going to give God a hand of praise, give Him a hand of praise. I'm doing my best up here. You need to do your best, and that's all that's required of you. Say, well, I've been working all day. I'm, I'm tired. Well, so have I. Everybody's got something, you know, why, when they have to do something, they don't want to. But if you don't get excited, then ask God to give you something to make you excited. You want to be in a hospital? You want to be in jail? Okay, then, you're in church. Give God a hand of praise. Now, what will happen then is when other people come to church and they see you act that way, 
They say, I want to go to this church, but not this. I don't know what that is. That makes me just want to turn this iPad off and walk away. I want my people to be as excited as I am to give it. Four ways to picture the response of obedient listeners. One, obedient people look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. This describes someone who gazes at God's message with a desire to learn. When you read the Bible, you get a highlighter. And if something really impresses you, highlight it. If something really spoke to you right there, stop. Take a pen and underline it. Write down what it says. Think about that during the day. That's meditation. Think about the word of God, that verse that spoke to you. That's God's Holy Spirit speaking to you. But if you don't get anything out of the word of God, trust me, it's not God's fault. It's ours. Number two, obedient people continue to do what God says. They put God's word into practice and they follow through with commitment. If you just obey the word of God, more importantly than obeying me and your pastor, if you just obey the word of God, you will avoid problems. You won't find yourself in jail. You won't find yourself getting pulled over by the police. You won't find yourself in trouble getting beat up. You'll find yourself like God is directing you through away from problems always so that you have his peace. Who doesn't want God's peace? Who doesn't want to rejoice and be happy and have joy at being a child of God? If you think being a Christian is boring, now this is going to sound funny when I say it, but it's not, the way I'm saying it is not how I want it to come out. But if you think being a Christian is boring, then go to hell. You get my point. So don't write me and say, you cussed last night. Because, church, the point is, one minute in hell, I was listening to a, a real estate agent named Bill Weiss. You can look this up on YouTube. His name is Bill Weiss, W-E-I-S-E. He wrote a book called 23 Minutes in Hell. And you can see it on the video. I have the book also. He describes what hell is like. And he says this in the opening segment of 23 Minutes in Hell. This is what he says. If you don't want to be in the presence of God, don't worry, because there's a place where God is not at. It's hell. That's what I meant by that statement. If you don't ever want to be around God, don't worry, because when you wind up in hell, God is not there. So if you say, you know what, I don't want anything to do with God. I don't want to be a Christian. Don't worry. You'll go to a place where you'll never see him. You'll never hear from him. But can I tell you something? People in hell right now, they don't see their friends. There's no party going on down there. It is so dark, you can't see your hand in front of you. And... There's people in hell right now saying, Jesus, I'm ready to accept you now. Now? You didn't want anything to do with me. And this is why, you may think I'm being facetious, but this is why I say when you come to church, 
Come excited to learn some. Clap, participate. Even if your body says, no, 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 don't clap. Tell your body, you'll do what I say. You're going to clap. You're going to rejoice. You're going to participate in God's word. Why? Because God's giving me truth right now. God's giving me truth. God's giving you truth. But if you don't want anything to do with God, then don't worry. When you wind up in hell, he won't be there. He won't be there. And in this book and in this video, Bill Weiss says that the demons are in the forms of insects. The centipedes, you know what a centipede is, are like six feet long. And if, if your head was cut off on this earth before you, die, you died in hell, your head just keeps getting cut off. And you put it back on and it gets cut off again. And so you just keep experiencing intense pain. And the demons come into your cell in the form of insects and they come up to you and they just punish you with pain. And I'm saying to you, look, you live in America. I told you that last week. You're a child of God. You're a Christian. You have the word of God. Don't ever be bored for God. Don't ever be, I'm tired of hearing about God. Then what are you doing here? And that's what I mean. There's a place prepared for those that don't want God. Because you'll never see him. Number three, obedient listeners do not forget what they hear. Spiritual amnesia never conquers their mind. Obedient listeners do what God's message instructs them to do. And James does well to remind us that what is heard in the holy place must be lived in the marketplace or there is no point in hearing at all. You will be Believe it or not, you will be held accountable. You will be judged for what you heard tonight if you don't obey it. Farmers, when they till the land, the blades that cut the soil are called tines. Like on a rototiller, these are called tines. If you don't lower the tines, then it just keeps rotating on the top of the soil. And what it's doing is impacting that soil, making it hard. So to break through that soil, because the plants, when you plant seeds, the plants, they can't break that soil because it's too hard. The same thing is when you come to church and the minister plants seeds of God's word in your heart and you don't obey it, your heart becomes hard and it doesn't produce anything. And it isn't long before you find, I'm not going back to church. You, you make up excuses, I'm not going to church. I don't need to go to church, or I'm okay. Paul the apostle says, I don't even judge myself. We should never think I've arrived. I have been a Christian uh, 49 years. And if you was to ask me, well, surely you're pretty close to God. God never tells you where you're at with him. Hey, me and you, bro, we're okay. God doesn't do that. I don't know where I'm at in Christ. All I know is that I will cling to the cross and plead the blood of Jesus and read the word. Come on. Now, the important thing is that I want to see you walking into heaven, and I want you to see me. 
I want to see you there. But if you never change, I'll ask God where you're at, and God may put his hand on my shoulder and say, he didn't make it. She didn't make it. What if you got to heaven and said, where's Pastor Mike? He's not here. What? Pastor Mike's not here? Well, then how would you feel? Well, Pastor Mike's not here. Am I going to get in? You're living, you're actually alive, and actually came to church to hear the word of God so that you can draw closer to God so your, your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life. So when you get there, you already have a reservation. There will be God's looking for you and God's people looking for you. Everyone you ever knew that, whether you knew that they became a Christian or not, everyone you ever talked to that became a Christian, when you die, they will be waiting there when you get there. They'll be waiting to hug you. Come on. They'll be waiting to see you. And if you think, well, none of this is true. Trust me, it's true. I'm not just trying to entertain you. I want you to rejoice at being a Christian. I want the rest of this year for you to be victorious. I want you to be strong. I want you to be blessed. I want you out of debt. I want you healthy, peaceful. I want you with wisdom. I want people coming to you, asking you questions, and you, instead of saying, you gotta go call Pastor Mike or talk to Pastor Mike, you give them the answer. You talk to them, come on. You can do that. I want you inviting people into your home or going to a home where you can attend a Bible study, where you can grow. I'll tell you what, everything that God created from the little kitten, the little puppy, to the salmon fry, the little fish, the birds, the plants, the trees, everything God created grows except mankind. They just don't want to grow in Christ. So we call that they backslide. They go back to what they were before, and they don't seek God. Never think, I'm good. Satan has told me, you don't have to read the word of God. You know enough. I go, God would never tell me that. That's a lie. What do you mean don't read the word of God? If you were to read God's word every single day, you'll see your thinking change. You'll see your words change the way you talk. Instead of being critical and complaining, you'll see yourself talking victory and power and faith in God. If you read the word of God, you'll live different. And you don't have to tell anyone that I'm reading the word of God every day. They'll come to you and say, what's different about you? You seem to have joy. Finally, you seem to have joy. <laughs> Finally, you smile and have peace. And this is what I want for you. We've been talking about what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to have salvation? And tonight we talked about the importance of reading the Word of God. If you don't read it, church, I say shame on you. Really, shame on you. And I don't even have to say that because you're actually inviting misery into your life problems and trouble, addictions and heartache, broken homes 
disobedient children, sleepless nights, worry, stress, people letting you down, people lying to you. Don't go that direction. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, my prayer tonight is that every person here within the sound of my voice will be ready, willing, and able to surrender their hearts to you and to live the life of a Christian. Never let my congregation on Wednesday night patty cake again. Let them clap with joy. Let them be excited. Let them recognize I'm a child of God and I'm glad I'm in church and I'm glad I'm a Christian. And if you don't have this desire for God's word, but you want God to give it to you, then quietly at this point, in your own voice, tell God, give me a desire for your word. Give me a hunger. And I'll go a step further and I'll declare this to you. I pray that if you don't read the word of God every day, that you don't sleep. And I pray that God will remind you, get up and read my word and then I'll give you sleep until you get in the habit of reading God's word before you close your eyes. May God give you peace. May God give you joy. And may God restore to you everything the devil robbed you of. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. And the church said, God bless you.